0: Welcome to the uh, July 14th edition of the PFF forecast recording here live from New York City, uh, which is where I am. It took me like 20 minutes to figure out how to not look like a total moron on camera and yet still moron. Here I am. Um, But we have a great show. Nonetheless, we're going to talk Aaron Rodgers, um, react to what seemed to be a pretty strong statement from Adam Schefter on, on Chris's podcast, what that means for the betting market. We'll debate some Jordan Love. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, And then we are going to talk about some season long props uh, that you can find uh, potentially out in the wild, even with some odds boosts and how some PFF data that can help you out uh, in particular uh, with regard to interceptions be a lot of fun. Great podcast. Let's rock. It's the uh it's the midsummer um wonky hair podcast. That's what I'm calling it.
1: Yeah. George, you know it's it's I feel like this is the most football day that's ever lived.
0: Why is 7, that? 14, 21 Oh, interesting. Yeah. Look at you. Did you I mean come it would have been more I mean, football you obviously didn't come up with that point. on the spot. You didn't come up with that
1: on the spot. No, just right <laughs> now. I just came up with it. Very nimble <laughs> mind. It's all the uh so hey, if anybody wants to come at us with a uh, like a you heard all, you heard all those podcasts with like those like brain pills that, that, that every podcast uh, yeah. feels, if you're a brain pill
0: proprietor, come at us, give us some money. <laughs> um, by the way, I should mention right now on pff.com, no brain pills, but 40% off with promo code save 40. Um, and, and here's what I'll tell the people, look, like, we're going to talk about props here in a second. You're not going to get a better discount than this. Okay. You're probably got a fantasy draft or two coming up. Um, go do yourself a favor, get the prop tool. get a PFF Elite subscription, get 40% off, prepare for your fantasy draft, and just be ready to go, man. Be ready for a season, season of love, really, where, um, I mean, everyone's so excited about the football season, but I could not be more excited from a betting perspective as well um, with how easy it's going to become to bet on props. Hopefully that becomes something that's you know a little easier to do. It's not always Sunday morning where they start pulling them back a little bit. Um, it's exciting. So go use that promo code, save 40. Uh, you get all the premium content, all the betting tools, all the fantasy tools, and you get 40% off. Um, let's talk, let's talk Rogers here. Um, so Adam Schefter on Chris Collins, podcast, recommend go checking that out from yesterday. Um, a lot of good conversation there, but one of the things that they did was they talked about the Rogers situation and the, the quote that stuck out to me, I'm curious if this was one that stuck out to you or if you had something else that you keyed in on, was Aaron Rodgers is really dug in. This is about him not wanting to be in Green Bay. That's what stuck out to me. That seemed pretty strong.
1: Yeah. I And, you know, the on this show, we've been fairly steady. I think at least I've been. I still am like of the belief that Rodgers either plays in Green Bay in the fall or doesn't play at all. Um, what do you think this does? Do you think that this because I I see like a Carson Palmer situation sort yeah. of erupting here, a- and that well, means you know it's not
0: fair to Aaron Rodgers though. It right? isn't he fair plays- to Aaron
1: Rodgers, but it's very it's a similar situation where like at this point Rodgers is so good that I don't know if a team can give Green Bay enough mm-hmm. right in the trade market sure. um where and, and whereas like Palmer was certainly worse so then when the Raiders came with I believe two first round picks I can't, uh, don't quote me on that um that was certainly worthwhile but like the Packers aren't taking two first round picks right now right right and everybody's sort of hay is in the barn as far as their quarterback situation for better or worse except for a couple teams here and there and so I think like to me if I was the Packers and maybe they were blindsided by this but if you didn't take what San Francisco reportedly offered them on draft day you weren't going to trade him and so like I feel like now they just have to hold out for desperation let's say a quarterback gets hurt in training camp um gets hurt during the season like you remember the the Carson Palmer trade to the Raiders was because Jason Campbell like broke his collarbone, and the and the Raiders were in first place, I think, in the AFC West at the time. So, to me, like if I'm betting on something, let's say like where does Aaron Rodgers start Week One, I would bet like he doesn't, honestly. And you know, or he well, or it, he plays for Green Bay.
0: What's interesting? So it's, I, this was going to be my next point. Look, I said this. I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago. I love the Green Bay Packers plus two and a half against the Saints because the Saints are playing James Winston. And I think the, the Packers are playing Aaron Rodgers. And, and my reasoning for that was, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is um, time wounds all heals, which is a Beatles uh, quote. And I think it's a funny, oh, yeah. it's an accurate play on words. Um, and in this case, I thought, you know, time wasn't necessarily healing the wounds here, but pacifying them enough where both sides could come. You know, what it reminded me of Eric, is, um, uh, you know, a mo- uh, mom and a dad marriage might not be, you know, quite what it once was, you know, you can think of the wedding crashers like there must've been some good times, maybe the marriage, yeah, everyone loves the wedding. Um, and, uh, and you get to the point where you're like, look, this isn't, it, we wouldn't necessarily do this. It was just you and I anymore, but. We got some kids that we care about. There's a bigger thing at stake here, and so we're going to do it for that reason. We're going to we're going to patch it up. That's what it was feeling like to me. So I, I take that, and then I go look at um, the this, the odds right now. You can find this on DraftKings. First team uh, for Aaron Rodgers to take one snap for in 21-22, and I would assume this just voids if he if he does not take a snap for a team. The Packers are minus 400. The Broncos are plus 400. I think Adam Schefter is as good as it gets. Now I'll say this. I think uh, our new guy, Ari uh, Merov, had some very, I thought he was on, you know, he agreed with me. He was saying, look, I think think he's going to play for the Packers. Um, Schefter's great, but he's not infallible. Remember, he was also on the Mac Jones going to San Francisco at three. Um, And it's not that like, he's not the one making these predictions. He's like leveraging the sources that he has but that doesn't mean that they're always right. And so I'm still on Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers I think That's where the betting market is. I wouldn't bet minus 400, but I bet some of those derivatives of him actually making it to green Bay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think it's very likely that this, he could retire too. I mean, we're talking about a person Stop. who has a lot of Stop. eclectic. You think like so? I, was, I was listening to a podcast actually. This is, this is interesting. Like this might, this might make it to a recommendation at some point, but there's a podcast called you made it weird with uh comedian Pete Holmes. And he had, I was like looking through like past episodes of it. And he had Aaron Rodgers on, I just was like hmm. curious. I listened to it. And like Rodgers is not a football player. Rodgers is just a dude. Like, you know, he's a dude that happens to be amazing at football. Like I think among a lot of, and you saw him on Andrew Brandt show, you saw him on, um, uh, with the Pat McAfee show, mm-hmm. like the guy is like a really good, he's amazing football players, hall of fame football player, but like he needs the game less, right? Like I don't think we should be drawing comparisons to like Brett Favre here. Like, I think we should be saying like I this agree. guy, this guy can le- take it or leave it as far as football
0: is concerned. I think in many ways. Okay. I agree with you. And I think you're also crazy at the same time because yeah, he's a normal dude but being a normal dude actually sucks relative to being a quarterback in the NFL and a great quarterback in the NFL. And dare I say the best quarterback in the NFL at times. And he was the MVP last year. So he was the best quarterback in the NFL for a good portion of last year. That's way different than being like, you know what? He's a normal guy. He loves to drink beer. So he's retiring from his job of 20 years as a construction worker. (laughs) You know, like like there's a big gap there where, and, and look, he's good at other stuff but he ain't great at it. He was really good at Jeopardy for a, a quarterback. He ain't, He's not great. He's not going to get that gig. He's a good actor for a State Farm commercial, but he's not going to be the rock in two years where you're like, oh my God, like this guy's the greatest actor of all time. By far the best thing he does is play football. And I just have a really hard time seeing him when push comes to shove, giving up, especially because I think that the Packers will make some concessions because Eric I think Jordan Love, I have no love for Jordan Love. And I can't imagine the Packers going from Super Bowl contender to potentially the third or fourth best team in the division with Jordan Love, which is how I see it going. I I would say, look, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love is easily a replacement level player, right? Three and a half, four wins. Do you think he's better than that? Do you think he's an average quarterback in the NFL?
1: I think like base rates alone. So I had Jordan Love more like a second round pick, let's say last year. Um, but like a second round pick, I would maybe make Love a half a win above replacement if he played a whole season, maybe a full win. I also a think you have win. to...
0: What's that? A full... Where is this lo- Where is this love, pun intended, coming from?
1: Well, I, we're just looking at base rates, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. he's like a you know, uh, a not a great, like I would say this. I don't think he's the greatest prospect of all time. Um, I would not have taken him in round one, but I think if you add in Lafleur, you add in Devonte Adams ability to make plays, you add in now that offensive line. I think uh, this was a good point that I think somebody made. I think it was Greg Rosenthal made on Mina Kimes podcast, which is like the offensive line does not necessarily look as good without Corey Lindsley and possibly David Bakhtiari. So, I I do think that there are some things that are not quite as good there. Um, But you also have, you know, an NFC North where, and we'll talk about the odds here, like Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, like, you know, maybe one good team out of those, right, is what you can Mm -hmm. expect every year. So, like, look, I don't think it makes them like a six win team. Do you, have, do you have the odds
0: in front of you right now I can pull yeah I have
1: so so Green Bay currently on draftkings is minus 125 um, which is shorter than it was recently so I do think that there has been some reaction to this news Minnesota's plus 225 Chicago is plus 400 which is longer than what it has been previously which is interesting um, Detroit's 25 to one to win the division um,
0: yeah I mean, my reaction to this still is the team that capitalizes the, the big, the team rooting hardest for Aaron Rodgers to be a man of the people and retire are certainly the Chicago bears. Cause I agree with you. Those other two teams, you know, the Vikings I think are always a little more optimistic than, uh, or have been a little more optimistic than they probably should be. Um, and, and, you know, the lions, whatever. But, um, but I really would push back on the idea that Jordan love at quarterback is going to get that team. I know you like Matt LaFleur, but to get that team even to compete with the Minnesota Vikings, like, I think Kirk cousins is a significantly better quarterback than Jordan love will be next year. If he plays.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's, let's put our, our reasoning out there. Um, I have, here would be, here would be my odds for the NFC North if you took Rodgers out completely. Let's say we know Rodgers is out completely right now. Okay. Um and, and feel free to rip me. I I would say Minnesota would be plus 125 the favorites. I think Green Bay would be 2 to 1. I think Chicago would be plus 250 and I think Detroit would still be 20 to 1. Okay. Um, that has the same hold, about 10% as the market is currently. Um, and so essentially the break even probability for Green Bay goes from 55% down to 33%. So they lose you know over 20% chance to win the division. Um, Minnesota goes from about 31% break even to 44% break even, which I think is fair um interestingly minnesota before last season had better odds than even this to win the nfc north so you know i it, maybe maybe i'm a little short on them still um chicago goes from 20% break even to 29% break even and then detroit goes from 4% break even to almost 5% break even so um i don't know what do you think of that
0: i think that's fair um i think that's fair i mean I think it's more about, you know, if I think about the win total, for example, I think that's where you you just need, the Packers would just need to be pretty good. Whereas in the other situations, like the other teams can kind of fall apart. For example, if, without Rodgers, couldn't you see this division? And I think the Bears are pretty decent, but you could see a situation where this division looks kind of like the NFC East did last year, maybe like a slightly rich man's version of that. And so you could have, the division odds make more sense than the win total, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. you know, without Jordan Love. So I guess if, if you're going to have, if you have one bet that you're like, man, I hope there's still a chance if, if Aaron Rodgers pieces out, that's definitely the one. The, the challenge with Jordan Love, and I'm going to ask you this, because is there a part of I've seen Josh Allen play well now. We saw Justin Herbert do some mm-hmm. things that were very exciting last year. Both of them were inaccurate at the college level. Um, just uh, what, either the highest or second highest, I believe, in Herbert's case, rate of uncatchable passes past the line of scrimmage for all three of those guys uh, among their draft classes. So, um, it, like, are you thinking that can be overcome with scheme more now? Is, is that is your opinion on that changed with more information?
1: It's more of. It's more of a question about, and and I, you know, we've we've tweaked our models since then. I'm actually going to look at, it, you know, Love's model. I think, I mean, it's still probably going to point in the same direction, um, but I think it's more of a of a of a, you know, a acknowledgement that in the right circumstances, toolsy quarterbacks can often can often have fatter tails than than more like the and this sounds i'm I'm not trying to compare some guys but like like cody kessler's of the world right like guys who do really well in our system you know that are very uh you know very good at completing passes at the college level accurately Uh, i think that there's a little bit more to like the idea that somebody can be extremely toolsy um and and uh, and break that sort of system, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, what do you think? Like, because I, because for me, it, it's more of I really do buy into what Green Bay is doing, um, and I think that there is like sort of this disconnect. So we we have Jordan Love is like profoundly a below average passer, but we do have. If you gave him, so this again is this is sort of speaking to George what you're what you're talking about as far as like. A quarterback that plays in a decent system that, uh, that is not a complete disaster is probably going to be worth one more, right? Like we're talking – like Jordan Love's taken in round one. He's a fundamentally different player than like Trevor Simeon, I guess, right? Like from an expectation standpoint. So we have Love medium projection about one war if he plays the whole season. Now, Rodgers is four and a half, right? Three, three mm-hmm. Three and a half to four and a half, depending upon whether you want to take last year's number or kind of what a projection would be for this year. Mm -hmm. So, like, so they were 10 and a half. We had it simulated out to 11. So, like, is a fair number nine, eight and a half, like, in that range? Would that offend people if the Packers were reoffered at eight? Because right now it's nine. And I feel like you almost have to go over that number, even if you acknowledge the likelihood that there could be a different quarterback.
0: Okay, so I agree, but I agree because I think the chances of Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for most or all the season for the Packers are high. If it's Jordan Love, and I know it's Jordan Love, I think saying eight or eight and a half is a tremendous hat tip to Lafleur and the rest of the Packers and Devontae Adams. Like, you do not see – now, the pa- look, the Packers have a really great set of superstars. You know, we talked about they have the, the highest-graded quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, the highest-graded left tackle, Dave Bakhtiari, highest-graded wide receiver, Devontae Adams, highest-graded cornerback in Jai Alexander, uh, highest-graded safety in Adrian Amos, or at least most valuable, I'm not sure if end up highest-graded. Um, that's amazing. But you take the quarterback out of that equation, and all of a sudden it's like, Okay. Well, first off, I don't know if Devontae Adams is going to be the highest grade receiver anymore (laughs) because how many opportunities is he going to get to catch the the football? And David Bakhtiari's impact obviously is going to decrease because he's not keeping a pocket clean for a guy with like a 140 pass rating from clean pocket. Um, So those things all start to erode a little bit. And you look at rookie quarterbacks coming into situations, even with decent things around them, like their win totals can to be nowhere near that. So um, I think eight, eight and a half would honestly be like a really generous number. I think eight and a half would be a little generous. I'd probably go like eight. Yeah. Um, and and that's where I would be at. And right now I would have no problem betting over because you just heard Adam Schefter say that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be in green Bay. Okay. That could be true. And he can, as I said before, he can still go back and play there. You know, that that does not prevent those two. Those two things are not mutually exclusive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's where I think the opportunity is. Now, you have to go to some different books, I believe. Like, their Packers win total is not available um, at our friends uh, at DraftKings. But, you know, the, you could go to other places where where they're hanging nine. Um, you could also bet, as you said, game by game. You could, you know, have Green Bay. Like, again, like if, if Jameis is playing against – Jordan Love, I'm still going to take Jordan Love in a plus eight and a half teaser week one in New Orleans. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I, that's, that's just to me like a mathematical play because of the, the Wong teaser aspect to it. Um, but it, it is interesting. I, you know, I, I would probably, I think eight is probably where the market's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we have precedent, right? Like, you think about this for a sec. Um, the Chicago Bears win total right now is seven and a half minus 120 to the under, plus 100 to the over. So the Bears are a team. And again, I think we all believe Justin Fields is better than Jordan Love, right? Yep. But you are talking about a rookie quarterback behind a below average veteran on a team that just, you know, let's say in a 17 game season, they would have won eight and a half games, let's say. So if you offer if you offer the Packers at eight, let's say, you're basically saying that the Justin Fields mine, you know, Justin Fields versus the Packers roster gives the Pack, you know, essentially right. Like you're looking at that and you're saying, oh, that's only like one half of a win better. Like I, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a difficult time with that. Yeah. Again, we like fields, but like yeah. the betting markets, like everything shrinks, right? Everything shrinks down to some sort of expectation and you're squeezing out a half a win here and there. Right. So even so though is, I think we is believe fields is so much better than love.
0: Yeah. Who has the better supporting cast
1: love or fields? Well, the offensive line for the bears is still, I don't think quite as good mm, as the Packers even reduced Robinson is not as good as Adams, but I think some of the younger receivers, for the bears are better. Mm-hmm. Than some of the younger receivers for the Packers, Tanyan and Komet are about the same. So, so it's, and, and the running games are about the same. Who cares? What about the, um, and, and, and LaFleur is better than Nagy. So, like, what about the defense? Uh, what I, let's, uh, let's say they're about the same. I think that's fair.
0: Is that, what is that? A half win? Yeah, like, like
1: we have we have Fields. If Fields played an entire season, I believe Fields' is projected board like
0: 1.7. Okay, this aligns perfectly with how I feel. I think that at most the rest of the roster plus the coach for the Packers at most is half a win better than that of the Bears. And I think it, that might be generous because you've said this before, you know, Matt Nagy had Mitch fucking Trubisky and Nick Bowles. Okay. He was, he, he, he was with Andy Reed and Pat, Patrick Mahomes. It's not like this guy has no pedigree. Uh, Matt LaFleur had Aaron Rodgers, big difference. Um, and, and Devontae Adams is better than Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson is fucking amazing. Like he's really, really good. Um, and, and as you said, the rest of the receiving core, I believe is better than the Packers. And I think there is probably a win above replacement difference between fields and love, and it could be even bigger. So like you add those two things together and I, Am now changing my tune. Like that—that's why I like betting the Bears. I guess right is that yeah. I, I think the Bears are better than the Packers are. If you take away Rogers, well, I think right now
1: the fact that you can get the Bears at four to one to win the NFC North yeah. is a steal. Like that to me—that—that that is the point. I—I I have I have some Minnesota four to one. That's not two and a half to one or two twenty-five. Like that's probably right. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take a little bit of Minnesota. Um, the other place to look is these um, to make the playoff props. So right now, um, the Vikings uh, are plus one twenty five to make the playoffs. That's another one where you could think about. You know, you have the best quarterback in the division if Rodgers leaves, and or you probably do. I mean, Fields it has higher upside than than Cousins, but like, mm-hmm. um, but you but plus one twenty five there. That's a pretty. That's not a terrible one. Whereas the Bears. Um, Bears are two to one to make the playoffs in a seven team NFC where aside from Tampa Bay, who's an elite team?
0: The NFC is absolutely terrible. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great, I I like, I'm glad that we ended up uh, just talking about how the bears are, are smart bets here. Um, And I agree with that. By the way
1: uh, we'll talk. So one of the, one of the great, um, here's a bet that specifically on DraftKings, you can get boosted, which is, Detroit to make the playoffs was plus seven fifty. You can get it boosted to 12 to one, which I think you almost have to do.
0: Can you imagine? That'd be quite <laughs> a year. Uh, we're going to get to some prop bets here. Um, before we do I want to tell you guys about uh, the 40% off sale, which I mentioned at the top, but there are a few things I focused on some betting stuff. There's some other stuff in there too. The NFL draft guide for 2022. Yes, I know it's 2021, but the draft guide for next year, our first version, Um, is out today. It is a part of uh, both the Edge subscription, which can cost you only $5.99 with the promo code SAVE40. Um, It's out there. It comes also with an Elite subscription. The Fantasy Football Draft Guide is also out with player rankings, projections, um, all those fantasy tools as well. The College Football Preview Magazine, all those pieces are a part of the Edge And Elite subscriptions and are 40% off with promo code SAVE40. So you can get it as low as $5.99. So go do that right now. And also our friends at Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, still offering you an amazing deal where if you deposit 10 bucks at pff, you can get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. And of course, that means you get $10. Switch to buy and sell. Uh, shares of sports teams. Like you can buy a share of the Chicago Bears or the Detroit Lions. Uh, And then when they win a game, you will get paid out a dividend. And you can, of course, trade those shares as the prices change. So go to symbol, And don't forget, save 40, give it to a friend. Be a a good Samaritan. Um, Let's talk player props here. You wrote a really cool article. Oftentimes, my criticism of um, uh, our analysis is that it can be hard to understand it's like i've got data that isn't always the most intuitive it takes a lot of explanation yada, yada yada but you wrote a piece uh on looking at player props particularly interception player props that i thought was as understandable for the layman as anything that that i've read recently um talk about uh the the thesis in that article which you can go check out at pff.com today
1: yeah i mean i think that that's always the mark I think of – and, again, we don't always do the best job of this. I no. think we're improving there. <laughs> I think you're a, a humongous part of that in, the, in how you drive. You. But, like, the – and I was explaining this to Zach and Tej, our interns, um, because they're doing something really cool uh, with yards per route run. So, mm-hmm. so look forward to that, uh, fantasy players and folks that are, are betting player pops and stuff. Um, because I think, like, the issue is, is, like, we just don't under – under like we say stuff and then people misinterpret us. And then that gets like memed out. Right. And there was an article by Ben Lindsay that was talking about Jonathan Allen, which looked at him as a, a superstar based upon his pressure rate. And somebody was like, wait a sec, you're not telling me pressures are better than sacks. And, and so I, I, I quote tweeted this person and I said, look, like, no, sacks are better than pressures, but Pressures predict sacks better than sacks do, so buy pressures, right? Like that's what you want. And, and we're not saying that sacks don't matter. We're not saying that there are some people who throw who who are not or better finishers than others, right? Like Jadavian Clowney, like can't get a sack to save his life, but is a relatively good pressure player. Like eventually, you do have to look at those edge cases. Like there's no, you know. And so I got myself thinking, I'm like, because. I, you know, and we built the the props tool together. The props tool um, takes into account a lot more than what I'm going to talk about, but Mm -hmm. that's not always fun. And and I think part of the fun of a PFF subscription, uh, which you can get with save 40 as the promo code is doing some of this stuff yourself. And so I wrote an article basically saying, look, one of the things that we've started to put in premium stats are turnover worthy plays and turnover worthy play rates. Um, and turnover-worthy play rates predict interceptions better than interceptions do. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're thinking, and let, let's say you know that you don't want to use our player props tool, you want to make your own player props uh, models. That's perfectly fine. We don't care. Like that's awesome. That, that's a fun intellectual endeavor. And in fact, sometimes I like to have other models that I compare to things like Green Line and our props. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And interceptions was the simplest one, right? Because if you take Turnover-worthy plays, you can and and maybe other data if you want to or not. You can predict sort of like how many expected interceptions you you'd, you'd take from a player in a given game. And there's this uh, fun distribution called the Poisson distribution, which I show in the article, It really well approximates what actually happens, which is that you know there are a ton of games where there were a quarterback throws no interceptions, uh, and then a lot, some games where he throws three or four, and you can use those little probabilities um, against the bookmaker's number and see if you have a bettable play. Um, and, you know, that that was an article, I think, that, you know, hopefully, you know, will inspire some people to build their own models, will inspire people to use some PFF data and think about other uh, props where the result is a function, not necessarily of the results previously, but of the process that gives rise to the result, uh, processes that we're trying to um Measure PFM.
0: The um, I think the place where I most vividly remember us talking about this and this coming into play, which will be fresh for people's minds hopefully, is the Super Bowl. And thinking about Tom Brady's interception prop. Yep. Tom Brady threw a fair number of interceptions last year. The one that comes to mind, ironically, is Week One, where he threw an interception targeting Mike Evans. And everyone goes, oh, look, you know, it's going to be a rough one for Brady. <laughs> and it was a miscommunication, you know, Mike Evans, uh, you know, and he were not on the same page. And that's where PFF, I remember having this conversation with Ben Stockwell, who doesn't get mentioned enough, by the way, um, Ben Stockwell is our head of analysis. He is um, the man that obsesses over making grading as objective as it possibly can be. Um, and no, does not hate your team. Um and I remember talking to him about that play and saying, you know, okay, so is this a turnover-worthy play? You know, explain it to me, you know, take me through your thought process. And um, I believe it ended up being graded, I'll have to check with Bruce here, but I believe it ended up being graded as a negative th- graded lead throw, but not a turnover-worthy play. And it shows up in the box scores, an interception, it shows up. And when people are looking at the Super Bowl, they've forgotten about that play long down the road. But that is a huge difference, right? At that point, those players were on the same page. And that's just one example. But Brady's turnover the play rate was one of the best in the league, whereas you look at his interception rate and total number of interceptions, you go, wow, he's been reckless with the football. And that was an opportunity, an opportunity to bet no interceptions, at a plus number. I want to say it was close to plus 140, um, which is one of the numbers that you referenced here in the article. And that is a huge area of opportunity because player props are just not something that people – are attuned to, they will get there at some point, you know? So get in there while it's hot. Um, go read the article, you should definitely check it out. And then, you know, go go leverage that Save 40 promo code and get go take that number and use it to inform your decision-making throughout the year. I think it's a really cool thing that is easy enough for people. I know we have a lot of people that listen to the pod, this podcast who are advanced mathematically, um, but some of you may be trying to find something to get the ball rolling on that and it's always nice to find an easy example, an easy thing to do to get started. Um, and I find, that I think this one is a great example of that where I think just about anyone, you know, with a little bit of grit and determination could pick this up and and leverage it throughout their um, their season. So I think this is really cool. Do you have any other, you know, obviously this talks more about like in-game uh, props, anything that you would leverage out of this in terms of futures or player props, um, you know, season long?
1: Yeah, I think um, the, the thing that's important to know about game by game props versus season long props is the distributions are more normal as the number of games mm. and snaps goes up, right? So when we cite the mean for player props for season long bets, that is because the distributions are more normal. They're not perfectly normal, but they're more normal. And, and by normal, you know, we mean bell shaped, we mean the median and the mean are about the same. Whereas for a game to game, it's really important to pin down what the probabilities are, right? That's why, you know, in the article, I say, like, look, if a guy has a 3% interception or, you know, turnover with the play rates, let's say, and he he throws 35 passes, then that's a one and a half is your average. But then like, the question is, is like, what does that even mean? Like, does that mean you should bet One interception over, right? Like that and that's why you have to attach a probability model to it. For season long, it's a little bit more straightforward in that there are fat tails for sure, but they're not quite as fat as the game level. Um, so like, but even like interceptions at a at a at a season level, sacks at a season level, if you can get a prop. I know game to game, one of the things that you can do is leverage you know, game-to-game sacks, right? So we talked mm-hmm. about that in the Super Bowl. But, you know, think about, you know, on PFF, you know, you know you can go in and find out what's the probability that a sack turns into a pressure for each quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. You can also know what a quarterback's pressure rate's going to be, right? You can even tune it to the offensive line grades, which, of course, are on pff.com. Um, you know, so if you want to bet an over-under, it, a lot of times it's something like two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half sacks. Like, that's mm-hmm. a prop that... That if you want to make use of the PFF uh, data yourself, you can certainly do that. Um, you know, uh, touchdowns—it's a little bit weird. So here's an example, George. I wanted—I wanted to point out using big time throws to predict touchdowns is a little bit tricky, um, and, and so you got to be a little bit careful there. It's not quite as stable, and they don't predict touchdowns nearly as well. Now, mm-hmm. they do a decent job. But you look at Brady over the years. So 2018, Brady had. 20 turnover worthy really he plays 2019. He had 18, 2020. He had 17. So about the same every single year, mm-hmm. but his interceptions went from 14 to nine to 15. So again, more variability in the outcome than the, than the process. That's kind of what you want for big time throws. He had 33, 23, and then 56 last year. And a lot of that is sort of volume based, but then his touchdowns similarly oscillated 31, 24, 50. Um, if you include a postseason. So again, you know, again, you have two months almost till the regular season. PFF, you know, the the premiums, you know, premium stats will sort of lead you to a lot of different yeah. hypotheses, and, and and you know, our props tool gives some betting markets, but not all of them. And and I think the gold mine is to find the betting markets, you know, that that are yours, and and you can hammer, uh, you know, for for a few weeks until your books limit you.
0: <laughs> what the, one of the reasons to explain that a little bit? Um, so you brought two things that are really interesting. A player, let's say they play four games and they have zero interceptions in three of them. And, in the, and they have a Jameis Winston in the fourth game and throw four interceptions. Okay, so they've thrown four interceptions in four games. Their average is one. But three of those games, they didn't throw an interception, right? And so the average and you betting the under every single game don't tell the same story, which <laughs> is what you're getting at. And you can see that in the distributions that you have um, in the article. The second thing is big time throws A touchdown requires you to be, or or should I say this? A touchdown is hugely influenced by where you are on the field, but you can make a great throw anywhere on the field. And to some degree, actually, I believe this is correct. I haven't looked at this in a while, but your opportunity to make a big-time throw actually increases the more space you have in the field. Yeah, right. So you are more likely to make a big-time throw at the 50, but less likely to score a touchdown. And therefore, the way that it predicts touchdowns is different. Than, than an interception and a turnover-worthy play where an interception can happen anywhere, right? It, there's no like, oh, they're in the red zone and therefore interceptions are more likely to happen. And a turnover-worthy play insinu- er, is a turnover throw, I should say, um, is a throw that should be result in a turnover. In fact, they do more than 50%, about 50% of the time, whereas all of the throws result in a turnover like less than, like three-tenths of a percent of the time. So that that's the reason there's a huge difference between those two things predicting the outcome, either an interception um, or a touchdown. I have a, a prop, a touchdown prop, ironically, that I really like, and I want to pitch it to you. Um, the odds for most passing touchdowns on draftkings.com, Patrick Mahomes, plus 310, Tom Brady, plus 550, Aaron Rodgers plus six hundred, Josh Allen nine to one, so is Russell Wilson. I don't like any of those. But you know who I like? Dak Prescott at twelve to one. Yeah, I like that too. And the reason I like this so most passing yards, Dak Prescott is the second favorite at five uh, plus five fifty. And um, the, the reason I like this so much is a couple of things. There is a. Opinion out there that I think is fairly wide that Zeke Elliott isn't a rock star at running back. We don't believe that necessarily to be true. Um, and the Cowboys defense may improve, but it's still going to be very bad. And the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott have something to prove here. I think they want to rationalize what they've invested in Dak Prescott. They're going to every opportunity to throw for a ton of touchdowns. Their defense is going to be bad. Twelve to one to me. I like that even more than betting him, for example, um, to win the MVP, where he is fourteen to one. Like, if you think about how much harder it would be for him to win the MVP relative to throwing the most passing touchdowns, like I think there's a big the two the two circles have a a decent you know overlap, Mm -hmm. but there's still a chance that a Mahomes or a Rodgers or a Brady has such a great record and is so efficient, right? Maybe he doesn't throw like any interceptions or hardly interceptions where he doesn't win the MVP, but does win uh, most passing touchdowns. So that was one that um, I recently saw come up on DraftKings that I really, really liked. Um, I actually have a couple more, but I want to see if there are any that um, that that you liked as well.
1: Yeah. This is one where I'm sort of like, also I'm, I'm kind of doing a little bit of projection here because of the number. I like Brian Burns going over nine and a half sacks at plus plus one ten. I, I, the more that I, and uh, we talked about this when Nate Tice was on the other day, like when smart football people say things repeatedly, like Mm -hmm. it makes me, it doesn't make me change my mind, but it makes me go back and look and be open to change my mind. And the number of people who have praised Brian Burns over the last like few months, Makes me, uh, you know, fairly bullish on him. I think you that that uh, the Falcons are a sack taking team. The Saints will be a bigger sack taking team with Jameis or Taysom. The Bucks, uh, I think, you know, take long dropbacks. Like I think there's going to be uh, an opportunity for Burns here to have a really good year.
0: It's interesting you mentioned the Bucks because Brady had. Um, one of the craziest seasons in terms of such a quick time to throw is below 2.3 seconds, but also, I believe, the second deepest uh, average depth of target. I think only Drew Locke um, had more, but he's not mobile at all. You know, he's mm-hmm. doing the TB12 method, but he ain't moving around. Um, I love the Brian Burns one. I think he's a great, uh, as Darius Butler said on this podcast, a great um, dark horse for defensive player of the year. I like that. Here, here's the other one that I think is really interesting. Most interceptions thrown. So the favorite is Sam Donald seven to one, Ryan Fitzpatrick eight to one, Jared Goff also eight to one, Zach Wilson nine to one, Jalen Hurts ten to one, Trevor Lawrence twelve to one, Ben Roethlisberger also twelve to one. Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion, has as good of a chance of leading league in interceptions as any of those guys. In large part, because he's not getting benched. And if I, when I look at this prop, the first thing that I think. Think about is okay if this guy throws a crap ton of interceptions what are the chances that he gets benched ryan fitzpatrick high, very high right sam darnold i he's playing and that's yes i mean sam darnold maybe not super high but still like it could look really bad and he could get benched um jared goff i mean they're probably rolling with him but he's also kind of a, a wuss i don't foresee him actually taking that many chances um ben rosberg getting benched and uh at 12 to one, that is one that I am keen on, but I don't like it as much as this one way down the list, which is a guy that I do think has a fair chance to get benched if he's throwing a ton of interceptions, but James Winston is 30 to one. <laughs> and yeah. for a guy that wants through 30 interceptions, I find that to be absolutely bananas. Um, I feel like Sean Payton's also a growth mindset guy. Look, we'll yeah. James out there, you know, let him, like... let him
1: play through it. Let him play through it, right? And the other thing is, league leader in interceptions, we're not talking about the guy doesn't have to throw 30. No. Right? Like, who is the league leader in picks last year? It was like, yeah. was it in the teens? Uh, who was it last year? Oh, my God. Let me, let me look. Um, passing, interceptions, 15 is the leader last year. Drew Locke and Carson Wentz. Yeah. There, there was only two players with more than – like, Russell Wilson had the third most interceptions in football last year. Tied with Jared Goff. And Kirk Cousins, by the way. Um,
0: yeah. by the so, way, Russell Wilson is 40 to 1. Patrick, yeah, Mahomes, I mean, this, I mean, the limits on these are obviously not high, but like, yeah, um, you know, like, would it be absolute? Oh, here's one that I like Tua at 40 to 1. I this think maybe, yeah, this Luz's is my backup one. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, they're probably yeah. not going with Brissett. They're, they're letting Tua ride or die this yeah. season. That is what this is. That's my favorite one. Um, here's another one that I like, and I'm on the most, uh, I'm on the most kick here. I just talked about the Cowboys. I like Zeke 18 to one, most rushing touchdowns. Why? Because they're paying Zeke a lot of money and you know, what looks good, but isn't really indicative of how good the running back is touchdowns. And do I think that Dak Prescott leads that offense up and down the field? I do. So I like betting and tell me if you think this is a stupid idea. I don't have a problem betting Dak Prescott 12 to 1 most passing touchdowns and Zeke Elliott 18 to 1 most rushing touchdowns. Not only do I think there's like a chance both of those happen because I think this offense could be amazing, but um, I think Dak Prescott being efficient, which I think he will, could either lead to one or the other. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, that's like, it's a, it's a, are they going to justify the, are they going to justify the Zeke contract by giving him carries here at the goal line? to sort of
0: come back. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I don't think here's an interesting thing. If I had to bet the person that gets fewer goal line carries will be Dak Prescott. Yeah. But
1: the touchdown throws will be something right. Like, like you said, there's a good chance. One of them does. One of them gets a lot of freaking opportunities. That's a pretty good bet. That is, that is my bet.
0: Any other player props you want to give the people right now?
1: Uh, I gave this away on the the PFF Daily Betting podcast which you should oh, also you listen to. Greater. Um but this is one where I don't think people are going to be are going to be like, "Well, what the heck, Eric? I like Justin Herbert over 4450 and a half yards." I think the Chargers are going to be worse than people think. I think uh, defensively especially, I think that um they will throw the ball more like You'd look at the Joe Lombardi Lions like they threw the ball a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I also think that the division is going to be better on offense, especially I think the Raiders are going to be better than people think. Right. Like I think that those two games will be shootouts more. Mm -hmm. I think the Chiefs games will be shootouts, um, especially like the the shit that the Chargers have been talking about the Chiefs who they're like two and 15 against over the last like whatever Mm -hmm. years. Um, I think the chiefs are going to try to hang 50 on the chargers twice, which means that Herbert's going to throw for like a few, you know, 400 yards in both games. I think Herbert goes over this number for reasons that are not due to like Herbert being amazing, but just like, you know,
0: efficiency sake. I'm glad that you added that caveat there. Really important. Really important that you kept that in. Um, there are a lot of new player props on here. (laughs) I, uh, but we've already been rambling for like 40 minutes, but we may have to dive into this on Sunday in a little more detail. Yep. Um, it's the beauty of the NFL season. There's no off season. Let's do some recommendations. Do you have a recommendation? Oh, people. Uh, I was, I was not prepared. Let me um, not prepared. Okay. That, so it was my, that's my, fault. I actually,
1: I actually have one though. Um, yeah. That I've been reading this book and I think I talked to you about this when we were on the phone the other day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Mindset by Carolyn Dweck has been a great book um i think for people in a competitive industry much like football i think it's a really good read give me like um so i actually got this when i was a professor with one of my grants because i was like learning about teaching (laughs) you know sort of weird to say um but essentially the idea is the difference between the growth mindset and the uh a fixed, fixed. mindset. Yep. is more pinned down. And I think we all have sort of an intuition about what we think that is. But I but they but Caroline Dweck did a really good job, I think, of pinning that down better. Um, and, and why people have jealousies, why people fail to grow, and why it's difficult to teach one group of people if you're a certain way. And mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so uh that's always good. You know, for us, we have managed teams and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a good thing to to sort of read, um,
0: and just really to evaluate yourself too. So that was the point I was going to make is, um, you know, when I taught and teach for America and the mindset that it takes on your, your side to like act in a way that promotes those things is not, it's not easy. And the, the best example that I have of that is how often you catch, or I caught myself saying he or she is smart, yeah. which I'm going to bring back to football football here because we often talk about he is inaccurate throwing the football, and that is something that just we you know it's like oh, okay well he's just inaccurate he's not going to improve, and we were talking about this with um, uh, was it Josh Allen I, I think it was where it's like it's always Josh Allen yeah it's always Josh Allen but it's like, like a fixed mindset is pervasive in the world like why would it not be pervasive in football and maybe implicitly where you train in a way that you're not acknowledging like the growth mindset to the fullness of it and coaches and, and your trainers may not have that either. And like that has an impact, right? You can believe, quote unquote, that your um, player or your student or whoever can improve. But if you don't understand like how to facilitate that, and I think that um, is the thing that that is the reason why that book is a, a really good read. Um, so uh, I, I don't have... Um, like a particular, well, I do have a recommendation, but I wanted to tell you, so I'm in New York right now. And, um, I managed to do something that was really embarrassing. Um, and this is kind of recommendation, which is when you, when you go to New York, obviously you you should take the subway. Okay. That's obvious. There's nothing better. There's no higher feeling than, um, well, there, there are, but like, there's a, really positive reinforcement to effectively and efficiently taking the subway in New York. It's like, if you do it and you get someplace like on time for like $2.25, you feel like you could navigate, you know, the globe like perfectly. However, on the flip side, if you manage to fuck it up, there's not much of a lower feeling than like me, an idiot who thought I knew exactly where I was going just walked right into the subway meant to go downtown and literally went uptown for like 15 minutes before realizing just sitting there on slack, you know, doing things. Um, so my recommendation is not to fuck up the subway. Um, and, uh, you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome for that recommendation, which I know is not a great recommendation. Um, but that is, did you get Arby's Sparrow? Did I get what? Did you get Sparrow? No, I did not get Sparrow.
1: You don't you. I I've said that joke to you like three times. I don't think you remember the 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 Office like joke. No, I don't. So, so I'm sorry. So Michael Michael Scott when he goes to like corporate, uh, he's like this is my he he like pretended he was like this New York like uh, lifer right like mm-hmm. he had mm-hmm. he goes to New York all the time. And he's like super cultured. And he's like I go here's my favorite New York pizza place. He goes to like Sparrow.
0: Oh. <laughs> like, so, uh, well, okay. Do you want, do you want my New York pizza place? Uh, sure. I mean, the funny thing is it's not like everyone thinks of the New York slice. as like this perfect thin slice of pizza. Um, and you can go get those. Like I actually think, um, John's of Bleecker street is really, 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 really freaking good, but I love artichoke pizza, which is like a thicker slice. They have what's actually an artichoke pizza. They also have a crab pizza. And this is like a meal, man. Like you get a slice of this pizza. It's fucking thick. It's hearty. Um, the line is always there <laughs> any time of day. Um, it is, I think if I had to pick one slice of pizza in New York, it's ironically that. Um, and I'll give you another um, restaurant recommendation. If you are rolling around in New York City, uh, venture out to Brooklyn, a place called the Llama Inn. Very, very, very good. They have like a steak. It's, it's like, you know, it's not like overly high priced, um, like my cologne that I was telling people about. Um, but uh, they have a dish um, that has combines French fries and steak. Um, and it's amazing. And you should go and scallion pancakes is very, very good. So if you haven't been there, that's my recommendation for the people. Um, nice. We'll be back on Sunday. Uh, will we be in the same place on Sunday?
1: Uh, if you're going to be in town, I'm going to be in town too then. We'll be we'll be at the studio.
0: I mean we can. Let's do it. Me All and right. you, buddy. It's been a long time. Everyone, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love you. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you on Sunday. Peace.